on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. It is great to have your company and here's a question. It turns out that when you dramatically raise interest rates, you actually put mortgage holders under pressure. Who knew the Reserve Bank of Australia has been raising rates to get inflation under control, much like central banks around the world. But have they created another pro problem altogether in the housing market? I'm Aaron Young. We're going to find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Right, so at the moment, roughly a quarter of Aussie households are under mortgage stress. That's defined as spending at least 30% of total household income on mortgage repayments. But what happens if some of these people stop being able to afford these repayments altogether? What will happen to the housing market then? And what will be the knock-on effects on the rental market as well? For more, we're joined by Graham Cook from Finder. There's obviously a big question for millions of Australians, even more around the world. What happens when rates get to the point that paying them back becomes almost impossible. Yes, that 30% figure you cite is pretty interesting. Um, we're actually seeing slightly higher figures than that in our research at Finder. So we've been running an ongoing study called the Consumer Sentiment Tracker in Australia for about four years now. And it's a regular survey every month of a thousand Australians. It's nationally representative. So it reflects the uh, opinion you might get from a plebiscite if you were to conduct one. One of the questions we ask in that survey is, are you struggling to pay your mortgage? And up until a year ago, that figure floated around 15, 16, 17% of households told us they were struggling to pay their mortgage. That's now gone up to nearly 40%, 42% actually in the most recent survey. So four in 10 Australian households, according to our research, struggling to pay their mortgage. And it's not surprising considering we've seen 12 cash rate increases in a row, adding about 15 grand to the cost of the average mortgage, um, though obviously a lot of people in the big cities, Melbourne and Sydney, might have mortgages well beyond the average. Which is all great, obviously, the idea that we're struggling to pay. People are struggling out there. Um, I think a lot of people would say for quite some time they're struggling with one thing or another. But the house, that roof over your head is the most important thing for so many people. So they're really having to make choices right now to prioritise to be able to put that mortgage payment as the first thing they can afford uh, to pay, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that's important to point out at this point in the conversation, though, is every time the Orbea cash rate goes up, all the media conversation, and I do a lot of interviews every time it does go up, always focuses around mortgage holders, always focuses around people who are paying a mortgage, because obviously they're the ones who are the most directly impacted by the increased um, cash rate. But actually, our research also shows that the more heavily affected group is renters rather than mortgage holders. 40% of mortgage holders, as I said, are struggling to pay their mortgage, but more than 50%, 52% of renters in our last survey uh, said they were struggling to pay their rent. So you got to remember, even though mortgages go up, if somebody's renting, often that increase will be applied to what the landlord is paying. That will then directly go on to what rent renters are paying. We've seen rents go up dramatically as well. So really everybody's struggling to keep a roof over their head unless they have the mortgage paid off in Australia right now. And there'll be a lot of people who own property who say, I can't afford this. It's probably time to start looking to sell. Um, but then we're seeing that that could have an impact on the value of properties as well. So either there's gonna be a rush to sell or people just won't sell because they're worried. But one of the other things is you still gotta live somewhere. And we're being told yeah. that 
the rental crisis is ongoing. We've got a huge number of people moving to Australia from overseas as a way to try and keep the economy going. That's been a deliberate measure by the federal government there as well. So you're kind of stuck both ways, meaning that many people will have to struggle on finding savings uh, from their spending to be able to keep paying their mortgage. But isn't that exactly what the Reserve Bank wants? Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people built up savings through the course of COVID. One of the other questions in that consumer sentiment tracker is how much money are you saving per month? And we saw that amount of money per household go up pretty dramatically during COVID. It was about $500 per month before COVID. On average, it went up to about a thousand. So people were building up a kind of buffer of savings through the course of COVID. And that's now being eaten away by the increased cost. I think it's not just the cost of housing. It's also obviously the cost of energy we've seen go up by According to the industry, 25%, but according to everybody I've spoken to, their interest, or their energy costs have gone up by a lot more than that. We've seen uh, the cost of basically everything. Groceries is a big, big one, for example, that's also putting pressure on families. That used to be very low in terms of the number of families that were stressed by their grocery bills. That's now also nearly 50%, nearly the same as those struggling with their rent. So all of these are combining to put pressure on households to try and find savings wherever they can. Though obviously the mortgage is by far the most important number if you are in this situation. The mortgage interest rate, getting that down even slightly will make the biggest difference to your family budgets in the long run. So we're seeing a big interest increase in refinancing right now as people are trying to either get a lower rate from their current lender, and if they don't get it, looking for alternatives. Which sounds great, but then there's also the aspect that you've got a lot of people who've stepped away from employment over the past couple of years, been relying on their savings. So when they go to refinance, they're probably not able to fit into a category where they're able to get the money. What happens then? Yeah, this is true. Also part of this survey, we found that about one in five people who have asked to remortgage have not been able to, they've been knocked back and for some reason, and those people would therefore be locked into the mortgage they're currently paying, which is why they're looking at other alternative ways to kind of save cash across the board. So really, the the cash rate increases are, are putting huge pressure on households in Australia. I'm glad to see they didn't increase the cash rate again in the last uh, decision period, but this might not be the end of the pressure, according to our panel of economists, we run a monthly panel of leading economists at Finder. There's 40 economists from academia and industry on the panel. And they're predicting probably around two more rate increases over the next two months. The rate to go up to about 4.5% and then start to decline, hopefully, from September. So while we're not at the very end, we definitely seem to be nearing the peak of the cash rate increases, though even two more increases are going to be making more families in Australia struggle. How much can we blame Taylor Swift for that, do you think? <laughs> well, people will find money to spend uh, when they have something they really want to spend it on, whether it's a Taylor Swift I concert or whether that, it's your uh, That was a necessity, but yeah, yeah, I think that that and, and, and flying to Europe at the moment seem to be necessities that no matter what reserve banks or central banks do, people have to find the money there as well. We look back to the 1990s recession. We look back to the GFC in 08 as well. And house prices absolutely crashed because people were struggling to be able to pay. And there seems to have yeah. been a real shift. COVID basically told governments that they have to help people out during these tough times. The community can't just wear it. How close do you think we are of the government saying, look, low income people are really struggling to pay their mortgages or their rents. We have to be able to help them out more. That then obviously can lead into inflation, which could prolong those interest rate increases. What do you think? Yeah, it's been a very difficult kind of situation for the government over the last few months to try and provide help to people who need it while simultaneously not making the inflation problem 
worse. The good news is we are seeing inflation pull back a little bit. House prices haven't really come back. They've continued to increase. Um, but the inflation figures look like they might be turning a corner. Um, and that could mean that hopefully we're kind of at the end of this. I tell you, though, when you talk about the GFC, I'm from Ireland originally. I've been living here 12 years. I'd but um, before the GFC in Ireland, uh, everybody would be investing in property and have confidence on house prices going up. But after the GFC, nobody used the phrase safe as houses anymore. People lost a lot of confidence in the housing market as their investments lost value. And actually, it took 10 years for apartments to fully recover to the price before the GFC. And I was talking for two years before COVID came in about a potential recession in Australia and saying this, that, you know, housing is not necessarily always going to go up. And it was met generally with a kind of a roll of the eyes to a lot of um, people I spoke to in Australia. But now we are seeing that, that not necessarily always going up nature of the housing market if things do turn sour, as has been caused by COVID and you yeah, know, a lot but of on negative that, though, I mean, I think a lot of people have been told for such a long time in Australia that it can't last forever. But housing yeah. seems to be um, on the east coast of the country, the main driver of the economy, right? It has to go up. By bringing more people in, hundreds of thousands of extra people into Australia, surely that will be good for the housing sector. And until those homes are built, it will continue to push up the price of housing, right? Yeah, and Australia relies pretty heavily on immigration um, and you add more people to the economy, the economy continues to grow. Also, Australia's got a very heavy kind of fixation on owning housing driven by negative gearing. The negative gearing situation for the government obviously encourages people to invest in property and offset, offset that against their tax, which is unusual. Most countries don't have that kind of situation. A lot of countries in Europe, people don't own houses at nearly the same rates they do here. But that combined with the immigration does mean housing will probably continue to kind of hold its value, especially in the larger um, kind of more yeah, well-known, yeah. more international cities in Australia and continue yeah. to be a decent investment. But we do hope the depression will start to relieve um, for families in the coming few months. Absolutely. We are speaking, uh, speaking with Graham Cook from Finder. When we come back, superannuation, good idea to take it out to buy a house. We'll talk about that after this.